Not-So-Fantasy Football, a loser's guide to FBL with Rob and Yanis. Hello and welcome to Not-So-Fantasy Football on Uzo Radio. Here we have... Yanis and... Rob, how you doing, man? I am fine. So, we're back, right? <laughs> we're back. It's a long it's... time. It's been a long time. 31st of July. Uh, it's been... A month and a half, two well, months. I've I've lost track because of all the things that have happened. Yeah, and the the ending was not very normal anyway of of last season. <laughs> so yeah. we are back for the third season of our show. Actually, that's third season of not so fancy football. Yeah, we're we're proud of that, and uh, we hope to keep going. Thanks to you, listeners. <laughs> yeah and thanks to thanks to you as well and thanks to me like you know we're, we're putting we're putting work in. we are part of we the listeners to... we're listening to each other so it's kind of exactly. we're part of that team. <laughs> exactly it's a it's our own little little room um how have you been how have you um been in the off season have you been keeping up to date with the football have you been listening to lots of content so... working out I have been uh, when when the prices came out and when the, although the scheduling and all of that, um, I was quite involved. But then I kind of mm-hmm. refused to do any drafts and to get into this process because I thought that things would change. And and I'm still. I mean, I have made a draft, but I still have so many things that I would change. Yeah. I'm probably waiting until. I would say Thursday. Be careful, guys. This is very important. The deadline is on Friday and not Saturday. It's a very important thing. Uh, We have this tendency to start on Saturdays, but even the first deadline now is on Friday. It's August 5th, 6.30 p.m. UK time. Yeah. How about you? Busy with FPL, I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know I've been busy, but not with FPL. It's just, my life has just got a bit quieter now. Um, so I'm able to sort things out and do a bunch of things that um, I wanted to do with the podcast and I wanted to do with like my own research. But yeah, in the two weeks just gone, I've not had any time to do anything. So I am a little bit behind not on necessarily on transfers and things like that i've been keeping up to date but i've not been consuming any content so all of this content is pure not so fancy football content it's not recycled from anywhere (laughs) i think we needed that though because uh, there has been so much talk i've been on twitter constantly and Mm. you have now you're now on your individual account which is exactly it's going flying. so well. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally flying. And I haven't tweeted in about a week and a half. And it's still, like, picking up followers daily. And I don't quite understand why. But um, You've done a couple of threads liking... that are really good. So, I did one, yeah. one thread. And that was pretty good. But yeah. other than that, I've got nothing else. And I've got, yeah, 650 followers almost. Uh, wow. Which is well ridiculous. Done, well um, done, so, yeah. Um, I've joined a league called Strikers, Keepers, Losers, Weepers, and I am a team captain for that, and you are my vice captain. Oh, thank um, you. And I currently have the least players in my team of all of the team captains, so that means I get first pick on the draft, which means I can pick the best player, um, the best most valued player on the draft. So, so may I ask, as a, as a Greek uh, and very cunning uh, that's how we used to do these Joe. After you pick the first player, will you bring up all the players that are waiting in your waiting list? For did you just do that just to have, have the wait- first pick? Or I don't have a waiting list. I we can find yeah, players. I, I, worry. I'm just going to go for the best player. But like some people, it's quite a complex thing. If you want to get involved, please drop me a message. I've got loads of space in my team apparently, um, and. Um, Quite a lot of people have already filled up all of their teams with all their friends and all of their the people that they want. So they filled out. There's I don't know. Third, maybe there's a lot of teams. Lots of people have filled out their entire team, 
And um, then that means they can't pick any most valued players. So they can't pick any of the best players in the league because they don't have a space for them in their team. I so I'm, I could even be getting two or three if I'm lucky. Because um, I've got so much space. But anyway, we're talking about normal FPL. Normal FPL, what does it revolve around, Giannis? What's, what's, what's FPL about for anyone that what's is FPL starting about? this season? Okay, so, uh, yeah, because it's not easy to find our first podcast that was we were explaining what FPL is about. There are some changes okay. this year anyway, so we'll have to mention them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but FPL is, uh, you'll be given fantasy money, 100 million. I mean, if it was normal, we probably would not play. We'd just take the the 100 million and go and run. Exactly. But anyway, we've got fantasy money, and you are allowed to pick 15 players uh, based on position, like two keepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three strikers, uh, based on the prices that have been given by the game itself. And Mm -hmm. the players who are very popular or are doing really well the recent years... They are more expensive, then there are other priced lower. So it's kind of, you have to guess, predict, and uh, follow us to kind of get the players that you want to get and uh, follow our leads uh, to who to get and who not to get. So there Mm. there are some restrictions, uh, and this has to do, firstly, you can't pick more than three players of each team. Mm-hmm. And that's quite essential. And for me, this is very important this year with the, the new pricing that we had. Uh, some of the prices are very low. We find, especially for defenders, uh, to be quite cheap. But I think that this has been done to make it harder to choose uh, from the big teams which three players to get. So mm-hmm. um, you can't go more than three. And... Um, there are some restrictions on the formation that you can follow because, as I said, there are 15 players, which means that you have 11 playing players and four on your bench. The one mm-hmm. will definitely have to be the keeper. And then you have to have defenders, midfielders or attackers in your bench, but based on specific formations. You can play with uh, five defenders, if you like, three, four or five. That's the numbers for defenders. Mm-hmm. You can play with two three, four, or five midfielders, and Mm -hmm. you can play with one, two, or three strikers. So it kind of covers most formations that you can have, even five, two, three, which is a very bizarre one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can play three, five, two, three, four, three, uh, any formation with four at the back, but you can't play five, five, zero, for instance. You can't, Mm -hmm. we'll definitely have to have one striker. Yeah. Am I forgetting something? Well, just to, some people get a bit confused and they think that like they need to pick a right winger on the right wing and they need to pick a left wing on the left wing or a defensive midfielder to make their team have some structure. But actually, it's not. You're, you're going for the, the players that pick the most points in the midfield. So you should effectively have Salah, Son. Um, you, you, should, you could have an entire, you know, Jesus, okay, no, he's not a midfielder anymore. Um, he was never a midfielder. You can have five, uh, five right, right back, wing backs, for instance. Mares, exactly. You can have all right wing backs. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, one of my golden rules is that you don't choose defensive midfielders. Never choose a defensive midfielder. I don't care if they start regularly. I don't care if they get regular points. I don't care if they're on penalties. I don't care what. Defensive midfielders are picks that are very rarely going to help your your team out. Um, and at all costs, in my opinion, should be avoided because they never pick up any bonus points. There are times when you get players like Hoiberg, who slightly changes his position and started assisting a little bit last season. But still, like, I just... They go through periods and patches where they start doing a little bit and then they go back to the norm where they're picking up two points week in, week out. And they're not that cheap so that you can pick them as enablers. There are much cheaper exactly. players from from lower teams, maybe, like the, the very cheap 4.5 midfielders, for instance, that you can mm-hmm. have them on your bench waiting to come in or not, and they could have an odd return. So that 
would be more worth it than having a regular one from a big team. Exactly. I agree. Uh, and um, there's a discussion, shall we go from top? There's a discussion on what to do with goalkeepers this season because yep. uh, there are two strategies. The, the first strategy was, so far, having a, a prime one, as we call it, the expensive one, and a non-playing or a, a very cheap one so that you can mm -hmm. kind of mitigate the loss from the expensive, from paying a lot. And then there was the strategy of having two mid-priced goalkeepers who you would rotate based yep. on the fixtures, if they have a good game to play or not. Um, to be honest, from my experience, I've tried both, I think, so far. Uh, I can't say if one is better than the other. Uh, the rotation sounds a good idea, but from experience again, it, it's not always. Because you mm -hmm. might keep, you might play a goalkeeper who has a, a nice fixture against Norwich, let's say. Uh, I'm, I'm intentionally using a, a team who's not playing this season. And mm -hmm. uh, they might concede a goal, so suddenly you've got nothing to gain from that. And the keeper mm -hmm. who you kept on your bench for that fixture because they're playing Leicester away, keeps a clean sheet mm -hmm. and makes a few saves and suddenly you've got a 10-pointer goalkeeper sitting on your bench and not using him. Yeah. So if you can live with that, by all means do it and take the risks and, and try to see who you can play. But in my opinion, I prefer... To not have this headache, you'll have many headaches and many dilemmas in your team. So I would save mm -hmm. this stress uh, and use one main goalkeeper, no matter what the price is, and forget mm -hmm. about him, the set and forget tactic. Mm -hmm. And this season, we have this luxury of having the prime keepers being very cheap and yeah. very affordable. So but Edison, Allison, and, and, and Loris, for instance, are at 5.5, which is mm -hmm. half a million lower than last season for the first two. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's a different discussion. What are you doing with goalkeepers? So for me, it comes down to um, three things with goalkeepers, uh, the three most essential points. And it, it cannot just be based on one element. So you've got, obviously, most importantly is clean sheets. A clean sheet for a goalkeeper gets you four points, which is, so you want to get the goalkeeper that's got the most clean sheets. So you're talking Edison or Allison, who got the most clean, clean sheets last season. They're going to get the most clean sheets this season. Great. The next thing is bonus points. So bonus points comes from, um, when a team keeps a clean sheet and they don't have lots of goal scorers or like talismanic goal scorers that score a lot of points. So these are teams that play um, solid defensive football, but also the points can come from anywhere up top and they normally get, win games 1-0. So Wolves would be one of your ideal picks for that. And we saw this last season with Saar picking up a lot of bonus points because if the goalkeeper is making saves, if the goalkeeper is affecting the game by keeping a clean sheet, then he'll get three bonus points, which is almost as good as a clean sheet. And if he gets a clean sheet on top of that, it's amazing. Um, the third key thing is saves. You want to pick a, a keeper that's making saves because for every three saves, you get one point. So if you get a keeper that makes nine saves in match, that's as good as getting a bonus point. So they don't even need to keep the clean sheet to get uh, to, to get those bonus points necessarily and their bonus goes up so having someone like Edison is great you are going to get clean sheets but despite being the most clean sheets in the in the league last season he didn't get the most points in the league last season Allison got the most points and then Loris was second behind him I like think the, so yes yeah for a few points ahead time. of Edison yeah so um there are massive outliers. Like two seasons ago, we had Martinez, who came in, who kept a good amount of clean sheets, but he also made an incredible amount of saves while on loan at Aston Villa and um, got an incredible amount of bonus points because they didn't have like a, an amazing striker banging them in for fun. So now he's... Um, like This season, you want to look for someone that could do that. So for me, 
I would be more interested in one of the five millions, potentially, uh, potentially Allison, but Allison takes away a Liverpool spot, and Liverpool spots are so much more essential than Man City spots because Man City rotates so heavily. So I might play it safe and go Edison, despite just telling you all not to go to Edison. But the reasoning for that comes from another point of the game which we should discuss, Yanis. Yes, that I was thinking about that, but that yeah, let's do it. Two wild cards, and then in the middle of the season, during the World Cup, we're going to have an unlimited period where we can make transfers at our own will. Am I correct? Very. Um, yeah, and this is one of the things that was the made me stall and wait until taking any decisions on my draft because mm-hmm. I'm, I haven't still decided on how to play my strategy with the wild card because the wild card needs to be played until halfway the season, the first one. Yeah. Uh, so practically you have to do it before game week 19. Uh, yeah. Now, what does that mean? That from game week 16 and onwards, you will have unlimited transfers because of the World Cup. So why would you use a wildcard after that? You would possibly not need one because from game exactly. 16 up to 19, it's kind of like a new wildcard. Uh, so let's ignore those three last game weeks of the first part of the season. Exactly. So then we're talking about using a wildcard up until game week 16. Now, mm-hmm. a, a very common sense move would be to use it halfway there. So round game week seven, eight, which will divide, will split the first part of the season into two halves. And then you're mm-hmm. just structuring your team up until game week seven, eight, and then a new part, um, seven, eight, and up until 16. This is this is yeah. makes perfect sense. But the bad thing about that is that the fixtures don't actually incline of making having a wild card halfway there. It doesn't really... Yeah. You could definitely do it, but it's not one of those cases that you have flashlights, that you need to use it now. No, it, exactly. it's, it's not the perfect timing. And I actually can't find the perfect timing up until, uh, up until then. Yeah. There are good... There are good timings around game week four, five, maybe. There are some fixture turns there. Arsenal's good run is kind of stopping over there. But but then you probably want these to happen based on the big teams on Liverpool and City, and they don't have any rough fixtures. They have one every five, six. So that doesn't mean definitely use a wild card or something. So that's exactly. the main reason I'm I'm not really yet sure of what to do with the draft because there are other cases that you could use it on game week two or three. So suddenly it's kind of mm. like playing game week one and two as a as a free hit team or or a very short term, which would change the stru- the, comp- the structure of your team. You can completely ignore. I don't know. I, I don't want to go for specific teams, but you can base your structure on those first game weeks and then completely change it and go up until 16. It's not that bad. You can, we're using wildcards for more than 14 weeks anyway. Exactly. So that also has a, an impact on the decision on the goalkeepers because uh, I'm currently on Edison, as you said, um, yeah. but I'm actually using this as a wait and see and possibly when I use a wild card, might go with a goalkeeper that will show what what's going to happen next. So exactly, and it's it's good if I can if it's a, a more expensive one, more um, a cheaper one, because I can yeah. downgrade and then have some money aside. Or if if someone manages up until game week five or six when I wild card, let's say to have yeah. a price rise and goes from 5 to 5.1, I still can afford him. It won't be that much of a loss because from 5.5, I'm just dropping down 0.4. Exactly. So, so get a get a, a safe pick and hang on and see which way it goes from there on in. Um, the other thing to note is the international break that happens before the World Cup is after game week eight. Yeah. So September the 17th to October the 1st, you've got two weeks 
where you'll be gagging to make transfers and they just won't like you if unless you're wildcarding that if you already used it early you won't be able to use it in that period yeah um there is a little period between so the ideal for me i would like to go for four or five um use my wildcard then um because that's okay a deadline day happens between five and six so transfers into the league would happen between five and six and um that for me would be a, a good enough series of data to work out where teams are going this season and what what's going to be happening for this period of the season um but that game week is you've got game week four on august the 27th game week five on august the 30th and game week six on september the third so game week five is a midweek deadline midweek game week so you're going to have three or four days to plan and assemble your wildcard and it's a really tight turnaround. So I might be looking more like six to seven. And then if I get to six, seven, I might just end up hanging on to seven to eight or eight to nine. Yes, uh, because we're, we're mentioning those game weeks, uh, I've done a, a small chart on fixture turns. And for six, mm-hmm. game week six, uh, it's very tempting for me. I know you, what you mentioned, you're absolutely right. It's not ideal, but still, you've got Leicester, Newcastle, Southampton, and Nottingham Forest starting pretty good run i know these are not the teams that you would wish for but mm-hmm. those four teams could give you very cheap players enablers yeah. so it's not just for the prime players that you're interested in because mm-hmm. if in case you want to go quite big and have three premiums let's say somewhere there which mm-hmm. is not easy but still the only way to do so is if you have cheaper players around in your team so mm-hmm. if we see that Nottingham Forest is doing some serious business and not being a bad team, they then they go for a pretty good run with six, seven game weeks of good fixtures. Same thing for Newcastle. We've got five fixtures in a row and lesser mm-hmm. as well. So this could be a way. Then another. Uh, then the next week, game week seven again, because you mentioned it's Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man United that start a, a decent run. Yeah. They are good picks, but they're more expensive ones. So it's a different strategy in your wild card. You're yeah. changing your team or you're trying to fit in more good players by getting cheaper ones as well. So this is kind of the dilemma. And then there's another yeah. good uh, change in game week eight, where you've got West Ham Palace, finally, after a terrible start. Uh, Tottenham, yeah. Fulham and Villa. So again, it's kind of a mix back there. Uh, we don't know how West Ham will show up. If they continue with a good, if they start well, then it's probably a good chance to get them because up until game week 16, they've got a very, very good run of fixtures. Yeah. Uh, Spurs have two. And uh, you've got Villa, who starts really well, but they have these three dodgy fixtures, game weeks five, six, and seven. So you yeah. possibly wouldn't want them then. So you can go back to them on uh, eight if they prove to be decent. So, yeah, I'm just mentioning those three examples because, as I said, the big teams don't have any bad runs. So you would mm-hmm. never be able to base your wild card on their bad fixtures get hop on off they exactly. only have one fixture like, liverpool maybe has two in game 10 and 11 but it's already too close yeah. to the 16 so i don't think you would wait up until then exactly exactly they play each other on the 11 uh, in game week 11 yes so if you're looking at runs you're not going to get a run from there and there's also the manchester derby on game week nine so they they don't look great, but they're the two best teams in the league. So generally, they're pretty... You want them in any of those games because they are the best players in the league. Uh, and uh, sorry, because we say about game six and onwards, six is when both Arsenal and Chelsea have a, a, a tight fixture. I, I don't remember which one it is at the moment because I, I was looking at the... Chelsea uh, so, play West Ham, Arsenal play Man United. Yeah, it's not ideal for both of them. So... Maybe that's a good point to hop on on Leicester targets, Newcastle ones, yeah. and then maybe upgrade 
to a better Liverpool City, something like that as, as, mm -hmm. a, as a strategy. Yeah. We will be talking about strategies and chips and everything while the season is going, but uh, in this case, I think more than any other time, we need to think in advance because the way that you structure game week one has to do with how you will plan your wild card. In, yeah. In my opinion. Because you're only going to be picking a team for the first eight game weeks maximum. Like, yeah. let's, let's be serious. Eight game weeks maximum, potentially four or five. So you might, so if you're looking at getting a Bournemouth player or, you know, a Fulham player, for example, like Andreas, um, what his name is, Pereira, um, why would you get him in? Because Fulham don't start, have any good games. You might as well get like an Aston Villa, Kani Chukwameka or, you know, Ramsey or something like that in as your cheapest third pick, because, no, fifth midfielder, because of the fact that they actually do have good fixtures for the first game, five game weeks. But there is the other side of that, which is also, I mean, if you haven't played FPL so far, you might not know, but we have prize changes every week, every day, actually. So based on how many managers pick one player, uh, if there are, I don't know the numbers and I don't know the percentage and how this works, but yeah. if, if suddenly there's a player who has a high ownership um, through the game, that his price will rise. I might not be explaining yeah. it well, but I think you get the, the picture. <laughs> so if suddenly you have, um, uh, because you said uh, Andres Pereira, for instance, why would you pick him? Yeah. Because if he's highly owned, you would possibly want the price that he gets. But uh, one, of, one of my questions, and I, I need to sort that out before we, before we start the season, is what happens with those massive ownerships? Do they go higher? Is it possible to go higher in price? For well, instance, you have you have um, uh, Jesus, who's I mean ridiculously he's sixty eight point five percent owned at the moment. Yeah. How much does he need to go for him to go eight point one million? That's my question. This is exactly the point. So my understanding of it. And we should probably triple check. And there are lots of price prediction websites that do this for us. But my understanding is that they go down or Easily. up based on loss and gain of ownership. And there are other factors involved as well. But mostly it's based on transfers in and transfers out. So players like Jesus, if Jesus doesn't score well in that first game week and a bunch of people go, hang on a minute, I'm going from Jesus to Darwin Nunes or I'm going from Jesus to a 6 million, then his ownership of 68 million dropping to, if he loses 20% of his ownership, say, yeah, he, not even. Yeah, he's guaranteed to go down in price, not up in price. And major one. Go up in price, it will take, yeah, he will, he can still gain price, there's still like quite a clear opportunity in the game price. So he goes into the, that first game week, scores a hat-trick, everyone's going to want to get on him. So that ownership will go from 60 to 80, maybe, in that first game week. And he could gain price as well. But for those high ownership players, it's much more difficult for them to uh, gain price in the first couple of game weeks than it is for them to lose price. FPL is very proactive in the first eight game weeks with their price changes. And from then on in, they move very slowly. So that price... Um, gathering that you want to, you know, money-making period is very early on. So would that mean that Neko Williams is not the ideal pick for the beginning? Because we we want a defense, we want a player like Livermento, for instance, that starts 4 million, and if you have yeah. him, he starts going up yeah. and up. But but Livermento didn't start at, oh my God, what, what's the ownership? He's, he's tremendously yeah. owned. Echo Williams is yeah. 26.5 for a 4 million defender. This is what you saw with Tsimikas. Tsimikas yeah. was a 4 million defender. He, lots of people realised that Robertson was injured going into the first game week of the season. So they transferred in Tsimikas. So he had an ownership of 20, 30 million in that first game week. And then from then on in, Robertson came back slowly and Tsimikas spent the entire season at 3.7, 3.8, 3.9 and not at 
four million because he lost the value. Yeah, which is good in this case of Neko Williams because Williams is still going to be playing. So Tsimikas yeah. dropped and you wouldn't pick him any despite his price because, because he wouldn't play. Yeah. But for Williams yeah. or Andres Pereira, for instance, that you mentioned, these are players that yeah. will still be good options. And if you're patient enough, you can just leave it. It's a gamble. You can leave them out of your yeah. team for a couple of weeks. And when people get tired of them and sell them, you can buy them cheaper. So this could be a way of going into a wild card somewhere there, as we said, after game three, four, and take yeah. advantage of those new prices that will be yeah. Pereira at 4.3, 4.4, and Neko Williams at 3.9, for instance. So you have exactly. some gain out of it. Agreed, agreed. Um, that's why I would always go for not the most commonly owned second goalkeeper, and I would try and go for a slightly variant 4.5 midfielder, 4 million defender pick, if possible. Um, because the chance of them losing price is much higher than chances of them gaining price, especially as those ones, the popular ones at the minute, have terrible fixtures. That's that's a very good advice, because uh, there is one, one thing that goes around Twitter a lot, and it is... Um, I've seen a lot of good managers who say that. Go with a template team at the beginning. You want to be yeah. up there with everyone so that you don't have exactly. to cover, which is a, a good advice as well. But at the same time, maybe you want to go template on the big hit, the big names and the ones that score exactly. big points and not the cheap ones that are the ones that will enable you to get them. So it's a balance of go with your Salas, your your Kane, your Haaland, whoever you pick uh, with the ownership, yeah. Jesus, whatever. But maybe leave the cheap ones, the Neko Williams, the Andreas, all of them, for later on when they will yeah. have dropped prices. Completely. I'm with you. Talking about prime. Prime ones. Uh, you, what are the terms? You're talking about, you're talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold, aren't you? Of course. Of about. course. Of There's course. Important vital player in FPL that I just picked on my draft. Is he the first that you picked in your your uh, team in FPL as well? Uh, he's yeah, he's he is for me as well. <laughs> he is for me there as well. Are three players that aren't going anywhere. One player that I'm fifty fifty on, and the rest is almost completely up for grabs. Okay, let's go with that, and then we'll have a short break. Um, but let's let's start with that, and then I will tell you my my kind of thoughts on my team. But you go okay. first. So we start at the bottom. The the fifty fifty up for grabs is Kane or Haaland. Hmm. and at the minute I'm in Camp Kane. I have actually in my current FPL team got both Kane and Haaland in because oh. lots of people were considering Salah on Haaland and trying to make that three work. And actually, Kane Haaland Son is actually cheaper. Kane Haaland Salah is actually 1.5 cheaper. So I was just sort of seeing if I could work that in. That is definitely an experiment, and I'm not going to be using that. It's going to be Kane or Haaland. And yes, Haaland will start up front for one of the most explosive teams in the league, but he is still a bit unproven. And Kane is looking in good form, with good fixtures against um, some really decent teams and he's definitely a captaincy choice for me in those those fixtures whereas I'm not 100% certain that I can captain Haaland because I don't know if he's going to adapt to Pep's style of play very well so we'll see the three certainties are Salah Trent and Zello mm. there's no movement on those three yeah. and they are not going anywhere I was afraid we would have that talk because uh, at the moment, no, yeah. I don't have Salah, as usual. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I've got Cancelo and Trent, obviously. Uh, but I don't have Salah at the moment. I was thinking that going Diaz and De Bruyne would be a way to kind of go without. But I, I'm, I'm definitely sure that you will convince me otherwise. So I'm just, we're just doing that because it's good for the podcast. Uh, it's good. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to explain. So, based on what we said about price changes, 
I think that Salah will not have a massive um, change going up. He's he's already pretty owned, so I shouldn't be concerned that much of his price. Uh, I should be concerned only of his returns. So uh, my thought in this is that I'm going Kane instead of Haaland. So the way to go against Haaland for me is only going by uh, to go to KDB. Because I find that KDB and Cancelo will be the huge percentage of the assists on Haaland. So if I miss those four points, how many are for, for goals, at least I get the three from the assists. Uh, therefore, if I go with them too, I'm, I think I'm decently covered. Uh, I can't fit both De Bruyne and um, Salah, in my opinion, because I would need to really have very cheap ones and uh, I kind of like a, an expensive defence. Not because of the clean sheets, which mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season, we can't be sure that we'll have plenty of them. Uh, for instance, we can't be sure of how the defense of Chelsea is going to look like. Completely. They, they don't look good. So it's not one of the teams that I'm aiming for. I actually have no Chelsea at the moment in my team. Ah. Uh, for Arsenal, I've got Zinchenko at the moment and I think I'm going to keep him in because he's one of the players that I think will be OOP, uh, meaning that he's going to be playing more forward than his position in the game. I agree. So if he is um, a midfielder, playing as a midfielder, and I have him at this price, he's probably worth yeah. it. And regarding the other defenders, I think I need to double up on Liverpool and City. So how can I do that? The one would be the, the goalkeeper. So it's either going to be Alisson and TAA, and maybe two, a Cancelo and, I don't know, we need to talk about the, the City defenders because there's, with Laporte being injured, we have cheap ones being available. So this could be a good way mm -hmm. into the wild card and then see how it goes during the wild card. Uh, or go really? expensive, uh, TAA, Robertson and uh, Edison, Cancelo, for instance. That is also it's an expensive way to go but um i think it will be good uh, and if i have salah as well this would not be very easy my my problem is mainly the midfielders the remaining midfielders the prime ones are the easy ones you know who are the good picks i think we're talking about those three son kdb and salah obviously yeah but the big problem is around the 8 million price. You've got so many good picks. I really like Madison. Diaz is a great pick as well. But everyone is seems to be great. I mean, even the City ones, Foden, Mares are good. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell. Kulusevski could be a great option, especially with Rosalison being uh, off the first week. That aside for me, um, in terms of City, just briefly, um, the left side of City has about three or four decent like options that we can play there and have played there on a fairly regular basis. Grealish, Foden, um, you get Bernardo shifted up there sometimes. And, you know, there are a bunch of people that play there. The right side, it's just Mares at the minute. And yeah. what we saw yesterday in the Community Shield, I don't know how much you watched that, but um, they sold Sterling and they sold Jesus, which, who are their other two right-sided switches, yeah. which is the people they have there. And that means that you've just got one left. They did play Julian Alvarez, who is the young Argentinian striker who came in from River Plate, I, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, this, well, they bought him in January and he's come over to start the season now. So for me, I think... There's potentially an option there to get a cheap forward who is the Mares cover who might start some right wing games for the best side in the country. Um, one of the best sides in the country. 
Um, but there's also, yeah, that also sways me away from the Grealishes and the Fodens because I don't know who's starting on that side. Like, there's options of three or four. Bernardo could also play on the right side. So there's there's no good price values around those right and left sides. Whereas Haaland down the centre, you know Haaland's yeah. going to be down the centre. So it's a difficult one. Go back to Laporte. Laporte is injured until the 3rd of September. 3rd of September is after game week six, I think. So that's six game weeks with an either an Ake or a John Stones at uh, left centre-back. And they are both cheaper than Laporte by a good value, you know, and cheaper than Edison, actually. Wouldn't that be mean, though, that um, that Walker is also quite guaranteed to play? Because, I mean, Stones and Ake have this... I, I think that Stones is a better pick. It's a, it's a better player. But um, mm-hmm. we know that Pepe likes to have a left-footed, uh, left centre back. Mm. So that's the yeah. reason that Ake will get the chances. And maybe he that's played, uh... why he, they didn't send him to Chelsea as as Chelsea wanted to buy him. And he yeah. probably likes something about him. But that means that if we don't know anything about Cucurella or something, it means that Walker is quite nailed there. Yeah, they're, they're quite light at the, at the back of our city. And Ake was the one that played as left centre-back for the entire game uh, yesterday. So, um, yeah, it is interesting. They made... Uh, three subs. They brought Mares, Grealish, and De Bruyne off for uh, Gundogan, Alvarez, and Foden. And Alvarez scored the goal, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird one. They 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 look very very light. If you look at their bench, other than Calvin Phillips and the players that they played, and John Stones, they're all very very like. Young and inexperienced. Young, inexperienced players. And they've even sold some of them. Exactly. Which is, it's it's really weird why why City is not aiming for extra choices. They, yeah. I, I could easily see two or three players being added to that team without yeah. w- without even thinking about it. Just one right wing wing back and two defenders, probably. A right, yeah. right back. Uh, sorry, did I say wing back? I mean, it's... Um, Winger. Winger, yeah. Yeah, and probably a right wing and left wing back. So you would definitely need extra extra players. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this could be good for us in terms of FPL. But again, one more reason to kind of wait for the wild card until the transfers are over because yeah. you never know. Suddenly, City might give spend a lot of money for Cucurella and then you've got a mm-hmm. bit of a change with a 5 million defender playing left left wing back it would be great although i still don't know if Cancelo is going to be going left and right constantly so it's walker a tactical thing could be that. could be a good pick walker mm-hmm. agreed so yeah uh, from other teams we definitely have the villa and the newcastle defenders to talk about these are good picks cash and trippier i think are the best of them the 5 million ones yeah i think there are really good defenders at five million and that is the reason i'm not thinking of any four million for now because i think that with just one million more you have not just a a playing one but uh i mean trippier in to compare him to necker williams is is not just one million more expensive he he should be more so i'm planning on playing five at the back no matter what and as i said it's not because of the clean sheets i have five at the moment taa robertson cancello zinchenko and trippier who could be Mm -hmm. assisting who are taking set pieces or taking corners who might be Mm -hmm. all the way up front all five of them so have a think on that because i know that a four million defender is very tempting but i don't know just for one million, I don't think it's worth it. The back line of uh, Newcastle's friendly yesterday, which I think is their last friendly of the season, uh, was uh, Dubravka in goal, which is also Strangely unusual. enough, not Pope. Yeah. Kraft at right back, 
Lascelles, left uh, right centre back, Sven Botman at left centre back, and Paul Dummett at left back. So Paul Dummett came off for um, a youngster. So Target hasn't played in that game. I don't know if he's injured or, or what the deal is there. Uh, and Trippier isn't in the team still. You've got um, Callum Wilson up front, obviously playing uh, and scoring a goal as well. So I think he could be a potentially good pick. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh, stability in that Newcastle back line for me right now, despite the fact they've got very good fixtures. Yeah, but you can wait for them uh, even after game week five as we said. Mm -hmm. So the first two are quite good. Then they've got the, is it mm -hmm. the Liverpool, I think. Then they've got a good one in four and then the mm -hmm. City at five. So you can do without for the first five mm -hmm. weeks. Uh, and um, talking about, because of course, if you go big at the back, it means that you have ah. to, to spend less somewhere else. Oh, are you, are you going to say something else? I've worked it out. Yeah, sorry. Atalanta, Newcastle played Athletic Club and then they played Atalanta within two days of each other, yes. within a day of each other. So, so they played a completely different team against Atalanta and none of those players played against um, against Athletic. uh, Atletico, yeah. Bilbao. Yeah. So, yeah, that might be why that it does look reason. like they've got two solid teams. So talking about cheap players, because you need the cheap players, I feel that the best way for me at the moment will be to go with two cheap midfielders instead of mm -hmm. defenders. Because I find that the 4.5 midfielders offer better value being on my bench than mm -hmm. uh, wasting a spot from the defenders. Mm -hmm. So I might be going with 5-3-2 as, yeah. as a formation. And uh, I have both De Silva and Andreas at the moment. But based on mm -hmm. what we talked earlier, probably Andres is going to go. De Silva is a good pick for me. I think he's he's a great player. He's only 1.2 uh, owned. Uh, from Brentford friends, Brentford. Um, and especially Dummy Tom, I've heard uh, that he's, he's really a good player, but he hasn't had a good run. He had two red cards last season that cut completely his his chance of playing and then Ericsson came in the team so he could not play as, exactly. as, as a creative midfielder as he usually is. So owning mm -hmm. two number 10s of Brentford and Fulham as bench options cannot be that bad at 4.5. I agree. I agree. I think they're not they're not terrible. I don't think Brentford have got terrible fixes. No, they've got a very I... good run at the beginning. They've got a very, very good run. Mm. Uh, not great fixtures first and second, but from game week three up to seven, they've got a very nice run. So, yeah. and then again, nine, 10, 11 as well. So it's yeah. it's decent. I think they're not playing City up until 16 at all. So great. yeah, one, one of the tough fixtures is completely out for them. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're a decent side. And um, I mean, a lot of people are looking at Raya and uh, defenders. But at 4.5, non playing, a uh, playing actually midfielder is not a bad pick. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and the, the midfield, as we said, that this range of 7 to 8.5, including Bowen, is a uh -huh. puzzle. Uh, Diaz will lose a few of, of the managers because he, I don't know, he was going very centrally yesterday. Yeah, but he's got a very good uh, relationship with Robertson on field. Like they look good together. So mm -hmm. there's another dilemma between those two. If you're going to go with TAA and Salah, and you and the third one isn't going to be Diaz or Robo. Uh, yeah, I think that one helps the other. So you can't easily pick. That's why at the moment I've got both of them. But. Okay. But sacrificing Salah, so I don't know. And up front, I like quite. Oh, yeah. I like Diaz. I just feel like he's way, way overhyped. People are talking about Diaz like he's the savior. Yeah. And in actual fact, like his stats were worse than Kulusevski's, and people aren't talking about Kulusevski in the same breath. Like, yeah. it's, it, 
because there's Kane and Son, no one is considering Kulusevski, but he's had a very good preseason and looks very sharp and very bright, as does Diaz. But yeah, it's just it's just a bit confusing for me right now. I, I mean, Salah's obviously the pick. I will tell you that. So if you want to have one of each team, okay, you you want to have a City, a Liverpool, and a Spurs one. So at the moment, yeah. I've got KDB, Diaz, and Kane. But I could easily see rotating it into Salah, Kulusevski, and Haaland. Yes. I, I get that trio as well. Yes. But the yeah, problem like is that. that I can never include Son in that because yeah. you would need to have Son, mm. uh, Haaland, and Salah, which is yeah. ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So you can't have him as a prime, and then maybe what? Maybe have Son, Diaz, and Haaland, which would mm-hmm. be cheaper. But I, I don't think it's an easy, easy way to go. But yeah, I understand what you mean. Comparing Diaz to Kulusevski, you can easily have Kulusevski. But if I go for Kane, I can't have both. I need to have someone yeah, from Liverpool there. True, true. I agree. Um, no, yeah, I think that that makes sense. I think. Saka deserves a mention. <clears throat> Arsenal have definitely strengthened and having a striker who is actually quite decent, um, I think he's only going to improve Saka. And actually, I think that makes Jesus a worthwhile pick as well. I, that's what I'm going to ask. Saka or Jesus? They're both 8 million, aren't they? Or is one yes, the same price. It's it's a matter of the structure, I think. The, the whole point is, yeah. what are you going to do with... Because... They're the same price. So if you want to get Jesus, then you'll need a cheap midfielder, a 6 million, which might not be easy to find, or 6.5. You could have Rashford, for instance, instead, uh, who's a good pick, actually. The Man United ones are great picks. But is it better to have, let's say, Rashford and Jesus, or to have Saka and uh, Mitrovic? Yeah. Why are you, you laughing? I've got him in my team. I've got him. I actually have Solanke at the moment, but I'm probably I'm probably going to get Mitrovic. I have to say that I'm not against Mitrovic. I I kind of hate it, and lots of people are so against Mitrovic, and I think that's probably why he's going to be a bit of a um a bit of an outsider and a bit of a, a what they call it, variant variable very. Very something. Very good. <laughs> I I love the fact that they start against Liverpool because that yeah. will completely rule him out from many teams. And I think that he's... Yeah. At the moment, I don't have this 0.5 uh, to go from Solanke to Mitrovic. But as I said, my team is completely going to change. And if mm-hmm. I go Robertson to Walker, it's automatically mm-hmm. like 2 million lower and it's it's easy to upgrade Solanke to Mitrovic and yeah. and even do other stuff uh, and maybe De Bruyne to Salah I don't know this mm-hmm. this could be the way but yeah I think that Mitrovic is the best out of that price I like Solanke as well I think that he's going to do really well this season but it will depend on how the money will be spent elsewhere uh, because mm-hmm. At six million, he he's a great pick because he will might go as cheap as possible, but having a regular yeah. player. Uh, mm-hmm. Because then you have the five point five score at the moment. Not regulars. Maybe Edward, but not yet because they've got a very bad start. And then exactly. Otav, if Mope leaves and he gets his spot, mm-hmm. uh, and if the rumors are true that Bamford is not well still. Then maybe Gelhardt is a good pick at five point five. I think, yeah, I think Gelhardt is a fair pick at five point five. But from the six and six point five, uh, Alvarez, I don't think that anyone would go because you wouldn't want to spend a third city place spot uh, for that. And then Ian Acho, I don't see. I I I feel that there's an issue with Rogers. There's no mm-hmm. doesn't get enough time uh, yeah. to prove himself. So yeah. Mope is out. Welbeck, I don't think you consider him. So then Mitrovic is by far the best pick over there. And then Mbilmo Johnson and Avoyini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
not proven enough as Solanke no. is. So that's why I think that Solanke and Mitrovic are by far the best picks as cheap strikers. Agreed. And then you have all those... If you go up to Calvert-Lewin... Yes. These are the the, the proven ones, but the ones that have had a bad year, a bad season. Yeah. So you have Antonio... Injury problems and... Yeah. And you don't know what's going to happen with Skamaka. Mm-hmm. Maka is quite cheap. He's at seven. Yeah. But same price as Martial, who's playing quite well so far. Who seems to be the first choice striker for yes. Ten Hag at the minute. May I make a prediction and say that Martial is the first one who rises in price out of the strikers? You reckon? Yes, I think so. He's 7.3, so he's got a lot of chances after game week three. 7.3 owned, I meant, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't clear. Uh, after the Liverpool fixture, they've got some good a good run. Uh, yeah. So mm. he could be, if he scores one goal of those first game weeks, he could be considered. Completely. Out of the 7.5, which is, and seven, Antonio Bamford, Watkins, Wilson, Ings, Jimenez, and Enketia, mm-hmm. if you add him. I think that Wilson is the most reliable. Yeah. Unless, I mean, only if he's fit. And that's the thing. You can, if you're going to be wildcarding in game week four, you can afford to have a transfer aside for him if he, if he gets an injury. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's a great pick. I really do. Because, yeah, he's just... Uh, uh, very lethal, and Newcastle have all the cash, so they're only going to get better during the transfer window, I think. Is he on pens, you think? He was. Yeah, he'll, so he'll be on pens. He, he will be on pens, I think. Uh, yeah. And and then uh, you've got the Bruno Guimaraes, who could be a big, because they haven't played much together. He could be a big no. influence and in assisting him. Yeah. And he's going to have Trippier as well, assisting him with crosses. So it's it's kind of like a new Newcastle when you put those two, because Wilson didn't yeah. play for the last part of the season. He just came back Trippier didn't towards play the end. The Tri- Trippier yeah. also didn't play. So suddenly you have two quality players feeding him. So yeah. Wilson could be a great pick for that uh, start that they have, that, those five game weeks. And he is the main striker. Wood is not going to play there. Agreed. Completely. Completely. That's why I got him in my draft team. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, that's insane. You're, yeah. you're mad sometimes. <laughs> um, Southampton have gone a different way with their signings. They've signed a new goalkeeper from City. Bazunu. They, Bazunu from City. Yeah, they've still kept... So you've still got... Um, Bednarek, Salisu, Kyle Walker-Peters, Ward-Prowse, Stuart Armstrong. But along the rest of the team, you've got some like pretty wild picks. They've got this guy, Romero Lavia, who... Yeah, from City as well. He's an anchor. He's a defensive yeah. midfielder. Yeah. Exactly. So he's like sitting back and allowing James Ward-Prowse and Stuart Armstrong to be more progressive. Um, they yeah. played Gineppo at left wing back and Kyle Walker-Peters at right wing back. And they played two strikers, Joe Aribo, who is a Nigerian. They signed him from Rangers. Rangers, it is, yeah. Um, so he's a right winger, quite interesting. And they signed a guy called Mara, who Mara. is French, who they Mara. signed from Bordeaux. Mara, then, if he's French. <laughs> Mara, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's a bit of an unusual one. They've got a completely different team, and they beat Villarreal two one. Oh no, they got beat by Villarreal two one. Sorry, um, so that doesn't make any sense. But they had Armstrong on the bench, who came off, who came on for Mara. Shea Adams didn't play. Um, Redmond came on as a left wing back. Pero came on. Yeah, like it's a very different team, and. What is good about them is that they have horrible fixtures up until game week five. So exactly. we will so know by, by game week six, we will know what's happening with them because 
they're exactly. not they're not a team to count on at the moment. Not at all. Not at and all. And another team that is very strange, and that's the problem because they start well, is Leeds. Yeah. Because they're completely, completely, completely new team. Completely. Completely. And we don't know what's going to happen. They might show up being very impressive, or they might yeah. completely fail. I think that Leeds will be good after the World Cup. Because yeah. they will have much more time to, to play together and to, with all those new signings. And they're young yeah. players who will not... It's not easy to kind of start playing in the Premiership, in the, in the Premier League without experience. Agreed. Uh, we've seen that before, even with, with more proven players. Uh, but And that's why, for me, it's a wait and see, despite having really good fixtures up until, I would say, game week 10. They only have a back fixture at yeah. 8. But if they don't get enough points, then no matter how much time they have, it might be very pressing for them. And yeah. not a, it's not easy. It's not easy. The one consideration I'm really looking at in that team is Christensen. Christensen. The, you know, the new player. Christensen is uh, a very attacking right wing back who was at Leipzig, I want to say. Salzburg? Salzburg. Salzburg. Um, he was at the Red Bull. He's yeah. part of the Red Bull group. Yeah. And it seems like that's the only place that um, Marsh is signing players from at the minute. But yeah, they've signed him from Salzburg. And he is a marauding right back who uh, really gets involved with the attack. And they were playing a lot of, um, you know, they had Stuart Dallas playing at left. They have a lot of centre-backs playing out there and they've had a lot of defensive injuries, but he looks like a solid right back who will play there week in, week out. But he's five and... million. He's too expensive, isn't he? I mean, do you he's... compare him to Trippier? No. Trippier is no, a better choice. And, yeah. and Zichenko. Mm. And Walker. I mean, it's, mm. it's a very tough price to, for him to, to get in your team. Because we don't know about the defense. I mean, we kind of know. <laughs> Leeds defense is, is pretty crap. So you're not, not aiming be great. For, the, for the clean sheets. And mm -hmm. and then the major problem is what happened with Rafinha last season. I mean, he was a best player by far. But you need to have someone to score so that you get the assists. I mean, Christensen might yeah. be assisting constantly. But if they don't score up front, then he mm. gets nothing. He might get some bonus points, mm. but that's not enough. So that's why I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm biased in favor of, of them, but, but it probably, it's the, the other way around. I'm, I'm kind of more cautious of them than I should. Yeah. It's a system change for them as well. So they've, they've sold their wide wingers um, in, in Rafinha. Well, yeah, he's gone and they've brought in narrow wingers to sort of play in a narrow, Attacking, very, very yeah. narrow system. Um, with was it Aronson, um, and and the new guy that is is injured, <laughs> that was Sinistera. I mean, he's, Sinistera, he's the, yeah, yeah, he's the striker way. I mean, and that is difficult for uh, for Harrison because he's more of a hugging the line than playing. The yeah, players. that was that's the way he got in with um Bielsa. with Bielsa, but I think I think. The reason why he's been kept and the reason why he's he, he's continuing is because he's shown uh, the ability to adapt and the ability to listen to what Marsh is going with. But the problem is that he played as a left wing back uh, at, uh, at a yeah. friendly game, which I bet yeah. he's better than Firpo, but he's definitely not an option. I mean, the the key will no. be the key will be Bamford definitely if he's back mm -hmm. or if he's burned out because that's that's mm -hmm. what people tend to say and of yeah. course the cover of Phillips which now it's different because we have two players playing there so it's not just him Completely. running around and it's good exactly. players both mm -hmm. uh, Rocker and um, Adams I think Tyler, yeah are Adams. pretty good proven themselves abroad so we're waiting to see exactly. if, if they're going to work well together in the Premier League they they both work in the system. The, you know, they're both very much system players for this Red Bull team, this Red Bull philosophy, where you've got a sort of aggressive passer and uh, an aggressive tackler 
sort of combined in these two roles so the defence shouldn't let as many um, balls go straight through the middle as they did. Hopefully. Um, that's, that's the idea. You shouldn't be able to go straight through this Leeds team in, in the same way. Um, the defence is still a worry. But then, yeah, the backups to these two players are, are the, still the problem. But if you lose uh, one of those two main starters, you go back to Forshaw or... Yeah. Um, uh, what's this? Not strike, but the other one, um, Klich. Klich. And Klich doesn't want. And they don't even want know the system. Just... They don't even know how to play that. Yeah, it's it's a different exactly it's a different thing for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, interesting thing though. Liz is a wait and see. They could be great, or they yeah. could really not yeah. work. I want to want to jump on them in game week four. Do you know what I mean? I want to really yeah. want to jump on them when I see. Um, Aronson coming on and true and Christensen as you said really he's, well. a, he's a fantastic player but we don't know how this is going to work I mean yeah. we can't cover every team um, we've done we've talked about most of them but yeah. we will have time to in due course anyway to yeah. talk about other picks uh, I don't know because you are also abroad and, and you're working so I don't know if we will have the chance to do another one before we should do another one before the we deadline. Could, we could, yeah. We should, yeah. And we will have updates um, because things are changing from any moment now. Uh, exactly. And we could we could include some talk like on other teams. You haven't talked about Leicester, West Ham, maybe Fulham because Fulham is not going to be the same Fulham as we saw two years ago. Last time. It's a very. Doesn't mean they're going to be any good. No, no, no. It's a very different team and structured. To, to play for Mitrovic. So just keep that exactly. in mind, guys, <laughs> as we say. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can wrap it up for today. And uh, it, this is the, the mm. first first episode of season three. Yeah, mildly chaotic. And uh, we, exactly as we plan to go on. So, yeah, exactly. I'm enjoying it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so just stay in touch uh, through um, Twitter. Now you have two accounts to follow and two people to to uh, just send DMs, whatever you want to do. Just talk to us. We're here for you and you're here for us. Exactly. So till next time. Stay safe. And stay tuned. Bye. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Radio.